Press is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Top of the publishing day to all of you. Last week, we had so much information about the always wanted more topic called book marketing, but this had a twist to it. It was really about the power of the right copywriting and those secrets that can get your headline, grab attention, that can open up kind of the lure. And with us was Casey Demchak. And I asked Casey, you know what? I think we need to do another show on this because there is so much more with that. Casey writes persuasive marketing materials that help you sell more books. In fact, he has written the marketing copy for more than three dozen books that have become Amazon bestsellers. He's best known for his innovative approach to creating core message platforms that serve as the master messaging document for your book, your blogs, your articles, your marketing copy, fill in the blank. He's also an author himself. His book is Essential Sales Writing Secrets. I want to give you right off top, all of you, his website, which is C-A-S-E-Y, Casey, and then Demchak, D-E-M-C-H-A-K.com. Write it down so you have it. And so Casey's back with us. And I want to share with all of you that last weekend, um, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time on the 19th of September, we had the induction of the Colorado Authors Hall of Fame. And the things that we're talking about, I've used to engage from um, broadcasters, from reporters. We got so many home runs with the different hooks, tips and tricks that we're going to share with you throughout, we got coverage from all the major publications in the Colorado area, not just in Denver. We reached out all over the state. So what we're going to be talking about today works if you decide to implement it. Casey, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you, Judith. It's a pleasure to be back. All right. So here we go. <laughs> For- for another really um, expansive week and um, to, to really deliver far more, really far more copywriting secrets. So why don't, I'm going to throw the, the ball right to you and let you jump in. Where's the best place to, to start off? And maybe you might want to roll over a few of the items that you that we talked about the previous week, if you can recall any of those. Well, last week we did, you know, we talked about engaging people with simple benefit-driven headlines. Yep. Um, which is, you know, the, the way, the first thing you want to, you know, your headlines are your most valuable real estate in mm-hmm. book marketing. It's the way to engage people. So we, we talked about some proven headline formats that can grab people and uh, drive them into your body copy. 
Um, we also talked about really, you know, the importance of book marketing copy, which is to get people to buy your book now. You know, I, I always tell the authors I work with, it's great to have social media copy, PR copy, things that create awareness and create a buzz for your book. But eventually you need some marketing copy, like sales page copy or Amazon description copy. Um, you need copy that's going to motivate people to pull out the credit card and, and buy your book. Those were two big points we went over. And then we had several, um, you know, a little more detailed writing tips as well, which I have some more for this week. Which I'm ready to jump into. So let's kind of you, you know, Casey, you talk about something calling, it's a conversation, but how to set it up. So maybe that's where we ought to start this. Really, at the beginning of the show, let's start with the setup. How's that sound? That sounds great. Yeah, you know, and, and a big point, one of the, and this kind of is what we talked about last week as well, is a lot of authors that I work with are a little intimidated or uneasy with writing book marketing copy because they feel like they have to make a sales pitch. I know. And really what you, what you want to do is, is these days book marketing copy can be, you can think of it as a conversation with a potential reader. Because it really comes down to to write more persuasive book marketing copy. It's not about being snappy and salesy in Madison Avenue. It's about being authentic. It's about being straightforward. But it's about presenting information in kind of a logical sequence. And again, one of the things we talked about last week was um, directing your copy towards the reader. If you've written a nonfiction book or even a novel, start your book marketing copy by writing about the thirst that your reader has or the needs or the challenge that they have, start off talking about them first. You know, so that way that you get the conversation rolling and it's more about your reader. Um, you know, as we talked about last week, kind of, kind of the expression we use was don't start off by, by writing or talking about what your book is about. Talk about what your readers are going to get out of your book. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you, when you have that viewpoint of, of you know, we're going to have a conversation and you're going to, Tell the reader this is what you'll gain from rather than saying in my book I provide, you know, you want to go more the route of by reading my book, you'll receive. Okay. Now, when you get into that frame of mind, you're conveying benefits to your reader. You're making the conversation about them. And when you do that, they're much more open to listening to you. So you're not really making a sales pitch. You're just telling them the nice things and the benefits they're going to derive from your book it makes it much easier to get in the frame of mind, hey, I'm not making a sales pitch. Because when, in fact, when you're directing the copy towards your reader, you know, kind of the expression I use is um, you're, you're selling yourself to them or selling your book to them without making a sales pitch. You're, provi- you're providing them with tips and information, and they're just much more welcome, welcoming to uh, hearing that message as opposed to kind of an old Madison Avenue sales pitch. Uh-huh. So I, I, I think that, you know, what you hit on, which was so essential right at the tippy top, was this whole deal that it has to, it conversational is where you go. Authenticity is essential um, in that mm-hmm. part. And that, and of course, we always have to know, you and I have said this a gazillion times, who is the target market? Who are we having this discussion with? Who are we sitting down over a glass of wine or a, a cup of coffee? with and doing them that you you begin the dialogue with and and so we have to stress that <laughs> boy do we have to stress it huh 
Absolutely. In fact, it's always a good idea to think about your ideal reader or your target market yes. and, and spend some time to write about them. And, and just, just for yourself, you know, write down a one or two page description of that person and what their name is and who they uh-huh. are and what their challenges are and what their needs are. What do they watch on TV at night or how old are they? You know, are they primarily men or women? Just really write a nice avatar, you know, of, of your target market and, and then write all your copy to that person. And you will sweep in other people on the side as well, but you're much easier to write a, a effective marketing copy when you have a specific person in mind that you're writing to. And it also, it helps you get unstuck, Casey. <laughs> if you're stuck, oh, yeah. if, if you get into a stucky, that's, that's when having that authentic conversation with who that ideal reader slash buyer is just might be the kicker that tips you over right into, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. And you're right on track again. Um, I mean, I've done that so many times, so many times. Just sit down. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, write up a description of the person and, and maybe even, you know, some people who are very visual, um, clip out a picture of that person from a magazine or, or find a picture online that you can print out or something like that as well. So that you have you have a description you of mean, the person, but you also yeah. have their face. You've, you've got that image. So, Casey, I have a, a question for you that you're, we always talk about that we need to um, to move along on uh, the, having that headline. Do you have some favorite uh, uh, tricks that you like to lean to when you're looking for the perfect words or the ideal headline or the phraseology when you're creating those? Do you have a site that you go to or to check it off or is it just something that you naturally do? It's something, you know, last week I went through some, um, you know, proven headline formats like how-to headlines or three reasons why or three mm-hmm. secrets to. I go to more simple. I think when I worked with a lot of authors who work on their own book marketing copy, they kind of think, oh, I've got to go to snappy, sexy, clever, sassy, brassy, or, you know, Madison Avenue style headlines. So what I do is my brain goes to simple because ah. um, what I would I always remind people your headline has two functions. Number one, it's to grab the attention of your reader, and it is to drive the reader into the body copy to get more information. And you can do that with very simple headlines. Ben, you know, and, and I always try to think of headlines that imply a promise or a benefit or state one directly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a sample headline. We had a sample um, headline last week: how to big build how to how to build big wealth. That's wealth, not bulk. How to build big wealth after age 50. You know, so if you've written a financial book directed towards people over 50, a simple headline like that is it's not it's not clever. It's not, you know, crazy, but it'll get people's attention and they're going to jump into the body copy to find out how to build build mm-hmm. big wealth. That's a more effective headline than something like dollars and cents. One doesn't come with the other. You know, oh, see, hey, I love that. yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's also, awesome. yeah, you could play with that even further. The dollars and cents and cents, C-E-N-T-S and S-E-N-S-E, you know, right. you know, you know, don't always go hand in hand. I'm going, wait a minute, I need to think about this. You know, when I was doing the things for the Hall of Fame, we're going to, we're very close to taking our first break here. When I was rolling out the articles and the, uh, every week we put out a new press release Um, And one that really snagged the attention is I just wrote in the subject line to the press, 
Um, uh, Colorado is the first author's hall of fame in the United States. That's all I said. Everybody opened it. Everybody opened it. Um, because we were first and this was reporters. All right. We'll be right back. Casey Demchek is with me. It's author you, your guide to book publishing. is your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles and we'll be right back with more great information right after these is there a book in you or another author you shows you how to create develop and publish your book without being hoodwinked if you already have a book out you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative no matter where you live author you brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author you extravaganza it has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics through author you's extensive network Members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. Author Use, the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author You is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms, and it is free. Discover Author You, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author You today at authoru.org. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand and platform, and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and e-zine at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, with me is Casey Demchek, and we're trying to really simplify taking out the pain, as Casey and I both like to resolve pain um, for authors with their marketing, and really giving you some good copywriting secrets. 
So Casey referred to in our in our first really tip was you got to master your set offs and your payoffs. So you've got this conversation going with who your ideal reader, that consumer, that buyer. And remember, it's going to change. I was sharing offline before we came back on after our sponsor ads that I have been really successful with our press releases because of the way I was writing just the simple words um, in the subject line to reporters. And remember, if you're trying to get press, your subject line may not be the same as what you do for the buyer of your book. And maybe, maybe Casey, I'd love to have you do some, um, some chat about this, that just fine tweaking and changing lines. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because the it's it, the copy you write for your target audience, like you said, is going to be a little different than what you do to get publicity. But overall, you you know, keeping things simple, getting to the point, um, revealing things, or or you know, how to how to read, you know, um, if, and like you mentioned that you were talking to me about the the headline that you used and the subject line, yeah. we're the first. You know, things like that. Yeah. So because I, I now see, remember, everyone, I was going to the reporters. I was this was going directly as part of a press release we were shooting out. And what I was trying to have a conversation, create a conversation with them. Um, I knew that they were my buyer um, and we only sent it out directly to people who would carry this kind of, of flow of information. Not every media, for this case, not every media resource is going to be wanting to talk about the Colorado Authors Hall of Fame. Um, and when I stumbled across that, you know, we were the first, as in the country, I had people, actually other authors, uh, groups, Casey, argue with me, saying, oh, no, there's, there's this in New York and this in Virginia. They were Writers Hall of Fame. And this is my opportunity to say authors are different from writers. All authors are writers, but not all writers are authors. And I had some amazing conversations, Casey, with people. Um, almost like, yeah, amazing. It, you know, and that's great, but the, the fact that you, you and, and what sparked those conversations was you putting yourself out there. You know? Oh, yeah, you, you always have to start there. <laughs> yeah 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 that's the thing you know we always tell authors is put yourself out there and if you're putting out you know information about your book um and someone starts a debate with you or something like that think of that as a good thing that means people are taking notice yes it is and also you know and it, and if it's controversial controversial can sell um it, oh, can, sell, it, it can sell huge Huge, oh, yeah. huge, huge. Think of entertainers who were, you know, more provocative than they were talented. You know, Madonna is a good example. You know, oh. Madonna had a famous quote: "I can't. I'm not the best singer, and I'm not the best dancer, and I don't write songs. But nobody is as as provocative as I am." You know, <laughs> and she was right. <laughs> Absolutely. At yeah. that time, at that time, she was right, yeah. especially as a woman. In the process. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's come back to this. We're talking about simple words. I use simple words. Colorado was the first state in the United States to create an author's hall of fame. You know, 
and and boy, the media loved it, Casey. Yeah, Casey, and you know, yeah. right? As I say, kind of the thought behind that, you had a simple message, and when you're writing marketing copy or any kind of publicity copy, no one's ever going to complain that your copy or your message is too easy to read and too easy to understand. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. That's for sure, because people are bombarded by messages. So if you can make your message simple without dumbing it down too much, always consider your audience. Um, it gives you a big advantage just because, again, people, uh, it's worth repeating. Nobody's ever going to say, hey, you know, your messaging, your marketing messaging was way too easy to read. Yeah. And the flip side of that, I always tell people is, in addition to thinking of simple words, kind of an old copywriting saying is simple words and short sentences sell. And I always emphasize using shorter sentences. Um, and because There's some off the wall research out there you could read. And when I first read it, it didn't make sense to me. But then I thought about it, I go, it really does make sense. When people read, their eyes look for the period at the end of a sentence. They just, and I thought, you know, I kind of do that. And if you write long-winded, yes. Yeah, so if you write long-winded sentences with a lot of semicolons and stuff like that, people will read half the sentence and then their eyes will just skim to the period to find the stopping point and then start the next sentence. It's, just, it's kind of an odd thing. I've read there's you know research that makes that point, and I first thought, well, how do they know that? But there's all kinds of eye tests you know that, that have been applied to marketing copy. So keep your sentences short. Keep them simple and move on to the next sentence. And one way you can do that is in marketing copy, it's okay to start sentences with transition words like because or but or so or and, something like that. Mm -hmm. So if you have a longer thought, you can just break it into a couple sentences. And it, it, by keeping your sentences uh, shorter and by using more simple words, you kind of uh, hedge your bets a little bit that your message is actually going to be read, which is obviously what you want. Exactly. And, I, and you know, in case this is my confession, um, I used to write longer sentences and think that you need to do all these, you know, have uh, longer was maybe better than shorter. Boy, did I do a 180 when I became a columnist for the Denver Business Journal. Years, years ago, for 10 years, I wrote the career moves column and I learned to love a one sentence paragraph. I learned to love a one word sentence. And it just, you know, and I do like to write punchy, but it really punched up and punch was mm -hmm. the right word. It really punched up the connectability, you know, that sometimes a one word sentence, yikes was totally yeah. appropriate. Ouch. Yeah. Or, or I, I, yeah. I was going to say to piggyback on a point we made uh, last week um, about, you know, one sentence paragraph or a two sentence paragraph or shorter sentences like we're talking about now. Always consider mm -hmm. whenever every, all the marketing materials you write. Um, mm -hmm. Like I work on a big desktop computer. I mean, so I'm looking at what I write on a big desktop computer screen screen, but more and more people every day are reading your marketing messages on their phones. And if you write a long sentence that looks like one long line on your computer screen, it's going to look really long on a phone because obviously the, the copy gets compressed. 
So if you have a on your computer screen that looks like a three-line paragraph on a phone, it's going to look um, like maybe seven or eight lines. So you always want to think about make you know making your copy mobile friendly. And simple and words and smart sentences help you do that. Exactly, and you do have to think. But I don't know what the I keep hearing different percentages, but I'll tell you it's as low as sixty percent. And it could be 80%, but somewhere there is a happy spark in here. And that's what people are yeah. reading on their mobiles. Um, and they've learned to skim over the ads. You know, they've got to skim over the ads uh -huh. um, and getting to them. And, and, and I, I think we all really need to think about that. So one tip for all of you, make sure that you're doing a check on your website and it's mobile friendliness. I'm just, it's a side thing here. Mm -hmm. But you better be doing this every once in a while to see how things are looking. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I send out an email every week with a video blog and I, it comes out at 7 a.m. on Tuesdays and that's the first place I look at it is on my phone. Uh-huh. Exactly. If and especially your scanning stuff. Yeah, I read I read one of the newspapers I subscribe to totally on the phone. So Yeah. Maybe more people are doing that. Um, and, and so then we're there. Okay, so we've got about two minutes before our next break, but let's just really kind of look at this dumbing down, you, you know, all of you that you're, you know, you don't want her to have it at a one first grade level, but it, it's actually the sixth grade type of level. Um, and you could check it out, you know, and, and this is where you might want to use some of your apps. I mean, for emotional deals, I always go to aminstitute.com. And that's AppleMaryInstitute.com. It's, it's created by the America Marketing Institute. And you can get an emotional feedback very quickly on, on, on if you have the right verb in there or the right descriptive adjective. Um, and it'll help you out a little bit. So I always look for at least a score of 40 on that. Um, another really fun uh, site I like to go to, Casey, I'm sure you're aware of it, is Tweak Your Biz. Have you ever gone there? I haven't. Well, let me tell you about Tweak Your Biz, you everybody. There you go. TweakYourBiz.com. You put in your keyword. What's the keyword you're trying to get out? Your keyword, key phrase. And I'm telling you, in within 10 seconds, you will have 100 different title variables. Now, some you're just going to throw away. But, I mean, everything from snarky to emotional, to romantic. I mean, you you name it, there is some variable. Tweak your biz. And then my other favorite, when I feel like I'm in a quirky mood, is portent, P-O-R-T-E-N-T dot com, where you can play around a little bit, um, and it'll come up with things that you can. Those are all free sites we're talking about. I would also, if you want to make sure your grammar buds are in place, you might want to just download the Hemingway app and um, spelled like Ernest Hemingway's name, but the Hemingway app and pop it in there and it'll tell you, it'll, it'll give you a grade of what your, your lines are. If it's first grade, third grade, 13th grade, you don't want 12th grade people. Um, it's going to violate Casey's essential rule that I loved. Use simple words. Don't drive your readers to the dictionary to figure out what you said. We're going to take one more break. We'll be right back. We're talking about stellar copywriting secrets.
your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. impressions are everything in the world of book publishing. Whether your book is an ebook, a print version, or both, your book cover needs to pop, sizzle, and sparkle to immediately capture the attention of your audience. And your book's interior needs to be just as dynamic and reflect the professionalism your readers demand. Nick Selinger of NZ Graphics has won numerous national and international book awards for his cover designs and interior layouts. With over 20 years of experience in graphic design, he knows what it takes to create award-winning books and the many promotional pieces that authors need, such as posters, banners, postcards, one-sheets, business cards, logos, and more. Visit ncgraphics.com and see what authors and publishers have to say about their award-winning books and how NZ Graphics can make your book the success it was meant to be. That's nzgraphics.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, with me was Casey Demchak, and that's D-E-M-C-H-A-K. CaseyDemchek.com has all kinds of goodies, free stuff even for all of you. So if you just go to CaseyDemchek.com, take a look at what's free um, and includes his ebook, Seven Must Know Copywriting Circuits Secrets That Sell More Books. Um, and then he has a book marketing copy quick tip video blogs that you want to kind of queue up and watch if you're especially, we should all be book marketing all the time. So, Casey, you talk about you when, when you and I talk offline or in other events, we always talk about the, the 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 need. It's really the need to not only break up all the line after line after black text, but to add in some bullet points. So I, I'd love to have you get those in. How, how What's the most effective type of bullet point to, you know, Bullet points are, you know, we, we talked a lot about uh, last week and also this week about conveying the benefits of your book. And I've always found that bullet points are a great way to break up your copy. It makes it more reader friendly when people see headlines, subhead, a couple short lines of text, and then some bullet points. And I think the best use of bullet points 
is to con- is a great just a great way to convey the benefits of your book. And a couple key points on bullet points is you want to make them very short um, and and concise. You want to start them with action words or verbs. And I'll give you an example here. There's a book I worked on called Five Minutes for Fundraising by Martin Liefeld. It's a business book. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give you a little copy that leads into some bullet points. So I'll read that to you. Okay. And pretend we're in the middle of the sales copy right now, but there's a line that says, through his experience and the wisdom shared by 26 of today's most successful fundraisers, you'll gain the skills you need to, and then we get into bullet points that read, Ask for major gifts with ease and confidence. Understand how to cultivate key donor relationships. Assess and optimize your organization's fundraising fundraising abilities. Establish practices that align with today's most persuasive fundraisers. Now, what you notice about those bullets, they all start with action words. Ask, understand, assess, establish. So it makes them more dynamic. They're, they're kind of punchy and straight to the point. And they all communicate a benefit or they either imply or promise a benefit. And a couple more things. What you'll see when people, when you do bullet points and you start them with action words, tr- do your very, very best not to have uh, your bullets start with the same action words. Sometimes I'll see bullet right. point list and the author falls in with the, you know, like they'll mm-hmm. use the word develop. You have five bullets, mm-hmm. they'll use the word develop three times. Mm-hmm. So. You want to do some work and do some rewriting. And then lastly, focus on your first bullet and focus on your last bullet the most. Because a little research will tell you that if people are kind of skimming, they'll read your first bullet and your last. And if they're going to skip anything, it's the bullets in between. So you want your, you don't want your most important bullet point first and your second most important one second. You want your second most important bullet to be last. I hope that made sense. Uh, yes, we want the second most, the second bullet point to be the one they read last. You want them to look at number one and then go down to number five and think, hmm, this is a good sandwich. I better read the rest. What do you think of exactly. that? Exactly. <laughs> That's what it is, a bullet sandwich. Yeah, you, you want to, you know, or another um, way of putting is framing your bullets too, yeah. Oh, I'm going to, I'm writing that, that down as a note. What was the name of that book again? Uh, five Minutes. Five Minutes for Fundraising by Martin Liefeld. Really good guy, really good book. All right. So I actually, because of what I do, I am going to be looking that up. So there you go. All oh, right. very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about, so that's, that's important. This is critical, everyone. And this, we're not just talking about this. I'm talking about back cover copy for your book. This is where this goes. This is essential. Um, and, you know, Casey, one of the things that has been a plus for me, because I spoke for so many years, like decades, a couple of decades in the healthcare field, and mm-hmm. that a lot of times when people came to hear me, they were earning uh, continuing education units. You learn when you write these benefit statements, when you put in your your descriptors so they can then... Um, uh, subscribe to whatever the certifying association is, you learn how to write with those action verbs, the first word, you know, that yeah. you, you learn to write your bullets. They have to have action verbs that, that they will learn, they will develop, they will create, you know, those kind of things. You learn how to write that way um, because that's what they're looking for, for the certification that this is really a benefit driven entity 
um, that the participant is going for and they're learning something, therefore we will approve it. <laughs> so. Yeah, and another thing is when, when you have bullets that start with, you know, sharp action words, it makes your writing come across as more confident and more certain. And if you've written a nonfiction book, you know, a business book or something, it helps, it actually helps establish your authority uh, to an extent. You always want your writing to be confident and certain. Um, I always tell people, you know, don't write, I believe this, or I think that, or if you agree, be very certain with your opinion in your writing. Exactly. Own it. You need to own it, everyone. You got to own it. Yeah. That's that's the yeah. purpose there. Um, and right. I don't think it's earlier. No, well, this is true. All right. So, Casey, you talk about painting solutions. So let's play with that because that creates wonderful visuals. When I think, when I just hear the word painting, I'm already thrown into a visual state of mind. Absolutely. And, and what I always tell people is when you express the benefits of your book, when you're talking about the benefits, you know, maybe you're, uh, you, can, you can write what I call solution pictures to bring those benefits to life to some mm -hmm. extent. And, you know, you're talking about healthcare. I just happen to have an example from a healthcare book. Um, there was an author I worked with named Michael Gallitzer, who, who was Suzanne Summers' doctor, and he wrote a book called Outstanding Health. Mm -hmm. And um, we kind of started, I think, I think this is from the very beginning of a sales pitch that I wrote, but uh, this is a brief example of painting a solution picture. And here on the headline is, imagine this exciting vision for yourself. The wisdom and insight that comes with age the vibrant energy and physical vitality you enjoyed back in the day. In fact, it's, all, it's the best of both worlds and you can really have them both. In fact, this ideal vision and the freedom that comes with it can be your everyday reality, well into your 60s, 70s, and beyond. Maybe getting older, but you can still have all the energy you want. The proven secrets to achieving this lasting state of vibrant health are presented in vivid detail in Dr. Gallitzer's groundbreaking new book, outstanding health. So we did more there than just say, here, you know, this book will help you get more energy. We kind of paint a picture of what it would be like to have more energy. Mm -hmm. um, in a vivid, so for vivid health. I love vivid health. Those last two words. Yeah. Okay, so you know what you did with that copy. This is what's really cool, Casey. Where you kicked it off, you had, you had the sandwich paragraph now. So your opening line, your opening few words to pull in, and then that ending few words to pull in is just hot. So I, lo I love that. Yeah, you always want to, uh, I always tell people, you know, if you have a bit of copy like that, you, you really want to focus on the closing because you really want it to be a nice, that, that, that mm -hmm. real kind of primary benefit punch. And it also makes people want more. You know, mm -hmm. want to know hey, this sound this this picture you just painted sounds attractive to me. I want to know how to do that. Mm -hmm. So if you if you write a book about, you know, we mentioned a, a, a title, you know, build big wealth after 50. You know, obviously, you don't want to just write, you'll have more money and more security, you want to paint a picture of what that's like, maybe paint a picture of taking that trip to Europe you've always wanted to take and being gone for a month and what would you do? Take a paragraph or so to paint a picture of what that person's life is going to be like when they experience the benefit that you've described. 
you know, it's okay to take a paragraph or so or to paint that picture with words. If it's a book about relationships, obviously you can paint, you know, a nice romantic picture. If it's a book about um, vibrant health, like we just did, we can paint that picture. You can do it with, mm -hmm. um, you know, any, any book you can think of, let's bring this benefit to life and, mm -hmm. and take some time to paint a picture with words. Yeah. And it's always, which, which I love. Yeah. So it's, it's a paintbrush, the paint, it's a paintbrush. So all of you need to write with a paintbrush um, as part of your guide. I'm just going to say that. All right. We have a couple of more, a couple of, of really strong points. I know we have another break coming up here shortly, but let's talk about um, if we can move into one of your fifth points here. We have a total of six, everyone that, that's listening with us. But that let's talk about your how to write strong. It's just not writing that fluidity. It's just not writing the vividity. <laughs> we have to write strong. So take us, give us some examples. It can, and how about Casey? I'd love this because we'll probably have to break over and carry this into the next segment. But I would love to give me a limp one, weak examples and how it can be morphed. You game for that? Yeah, yeah, it, it, and I'll tell you, you know, one way to test for weakness is if you're using terms like I believe or if you agree with me they, or yeah. if you're interested, you know, <laughs> that's, again, be confident and certain, especially when you're writing call to action lines. So if you find yourself asking, well, if you agree with me or if you believe, you know, or I believe this. If you if you write, you never have to use the term I believe because that's a little bit of a weakness. Like I believe, but you may not believe, and others may not believe. If you're writing something, people can assume that it's your belief because you're the one writing it. So you can get I would hope so. I yeah. would hope so, Casey. Um, but you know, you you never. I hate to say you know, you know, you never know what they're going to believe or assume, but that's there. We're gonna we're gonna run up to the break. So let's carry that over there. One of the funny lines I used to you, if you if you agree with me like I do, then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and really throw them for a zinger. So all right, we're gonna be right back. You're all listening to your guide to book publishing. I'm Judith Bryles, the book shepherd with me is Casey Demchek, really an expert in the secrets to copywriting for book marketing power. We'll be right back. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. The Book Shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. 
Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book. A book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years' experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, our final segment. Um, I always hate it when these shows go so fast. Um, But this is really, we're talking about really the power behind your marketing whether it's the book you're behind, whether it's yourself you're behind, whether it's an event you're behind, all the things that Casey and I are talking about today, as well as in the preceding week on part one, is all about your success um, in, in whatever the ask is about, whatever the ask is about. So we're talking about, I asked uh, Casey when we came back in, I wanted him to give us some limp, limp lines that people could use. And then how can we tweak them and morph them just with a couple of things to bring it back so it's got the snap, crackle, and pop that you want to make it effective and you have your best word going forward. Okay, Casey, back to you. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you a couple examples of call to action lines that I've got here in front of me for books. You know, with the part where you get to your, your marketing copy where you're going to ask people to buy your book. I call that, you know, going across the dance floor and asking someone to dance you, at some point yeah you, you, you have you have to go do the ask and uh, I'll get I'll, I've got one in front of me and I'll kind of right on the spot here kind of make it sound kind of limp and kind of weak mm-hmm. um, and then I'll read what I actually wrote so it sounds stronger this is for a book called heal yourself with journaling power by Marielle McCarthy Marielle McCarthy uh, little quick story she she mitigated a lot of her uh, MS symptoms multiple sclerosis by journaling. She got off prescription drugs and started journaling and it mitigated a lot of her symptoms. So she wrote a book about how you can heal yourself with journaling power. So I'm going to read a limp sounding line. Um, If journaling sounds like something you'd be interested in, heal yourself with journaling power might be able to help you um, understand what 
conventional medical wisdom has fully embraced and what I've been shouting to the world for years, and that is that expressive writing has the potential to have undeniable life-changing benefits. Now that's a jump on board the revolution today. That's kind of very limp sounding. It's yep, you, you're it using, is. Like, <laughs> you're using terms like if, if journaling sounds like something that interests you, this book might be able to help you. That you, you, you want to write from a place of certainty. You've gone through all this trouble of writing a book. So you must be certain about your opinions. And you want to put, put, put yourself out there as an authority on a particular topic. After all, if you've written a book about it, you, I'm sure you feel like an authority. So be very certain with your call to action line. So I'm going to reread this line so that it sounds much more certain. So it would go like this. Heal yourself with journaling power illustrates clearly how conventional medical wisdom has fully embraced what Marielle McCarthy has been shouting to the world for years. Expressive journaling has undeniable life-changing health benefits. Jump on board and join the revolution today. And then right below that, you have your Amazon order button. So it's very, that statement there was very definitive. I mean, it, it wasn't wishy-washy or asking if you're interested Mm -hmm. It uses, it, you know, it uses, you know, terms like illustrates clearly what medical wisdom has fully embraced. Um, expressive journaling has undeniable life-changing health benefits. Jump on board and join the revolution today. It wasn't if you're interested, jump on board. It's just jump up. It's a very commanding thing of line. So when you get down to that big ask, you want to make it very certain and very confident. I, I love the phrase, actually, jump on board. I, I love that phrase. I'm going to remember, I'm going to remember using that. <laughs> yeah. <you>. Yeah. <laughs> it's it just, you know, what's good about it is you're telling people what to do. Yes. And that's something, that's something to remember when you're working on your marketing copy for your book. Oh, uh, it's a little line I always use. Always tell people what to do next. Don't assume they know what to do next. Always jump tell on. them. Jump on board, get your copy before they run out or whatever it is. Yeah, and think about it because that's, that, you know, that's another way of saying buy my book without saying buy my book. Yep. So there's, you can say buy my book without saying buy my book, but that's what you're asking. And also a key word in that phrase, jump on board and join the revolution today. Not later, not next week, today. And I have the word today capitalized. And again, uh, touching on a point we made last week, the big heavy word in that sentence is today. And we make that the very last word. When you can put the heavy word in a sentence as the last word, it has much more impact. You know, remember the example we used last week was the historical statement uh, from Apollo 13. Houston, we have a problem. Not, we have a problem, Houston. That would not have been nearly as memorable. It was Houston, we have a problem. That's right. the heavy word there is problem. And you were talking about five words with huge clout. Huge clout. Houston, we have a problem. Perfect. Yeah. That's yeah. Perfect. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about, um, let's, let's segue here. Let's kind of do a wrap up here about good writing um, versus so-so writing versus to absolutely fantastic off the ceilings and walls great writing let's do it <laughs> okay it's your turn 
Okay. Well, what I always tell people when I wrap things up, when I'm doing some coaching or, or anything, I'll always say to people, good writing is rewriting and great writing is rewriting some more. Again, I'm going to repeat that. Good writing is rewriting and great writing is rewriting some more. You have to do a lot of drafts. You really have to work on your copy. Think of yourself at the kitchen table if you're making something with dough, how you have to knead the dough and sit there with your hands and go through it in the meantime. You do that with your writing. I'm sure you've heard this too, Judith, but people, when they approach me about writing their book marketing copy, they Casey, I, I need you to work your magic because maybe I've sent them some writing samples and they really like my samples. So they'll say, could you do your magic? And I always chuckle and I say, sure. Yeah. But inside, I know that it's not magic. It's work. And it's rewriting and revising and revising some more and putting some thought into things. It also involves what I call letting your copy incubate. When you think it's done, let it sit overnight. Because mm -hmm. I guarantee you, if you're working on some copy at night and you, you sleep on it and take a fresh look at it in the morning, you're going to make some changes. Now, oh, at some point, so it has to be done. But revise it and rewrite it. That is what makes great writing is, a, is a, taking the time to do a lot of uh, revisions. So good writing is rewriting. Great writing is revising some more. Is that your key phrase there? Yeah. It, yeah. R good writing is rewriting and great writing is rewriting some more. Because what I always tell people is, you know, they'll compliment me in my writing, which I always appreciate. And, and But a lot of people say, Casey, I'm blocked up. I just can't write the kind of stuff mm -hmm. you're writing or I go, you know what you want to do with that first draft is let yourself write some cruddy copy or some crappy copy. I'll tell people, you know, my first drafts, a lot of them aren't that good. I get the thoughts down on paper that I want to say, but I, fi mm -hmm. I find myself repeating words and repeating descriptors, and I go through it and fix it and revise it. That first draft is just to get it down on paper. You know, mm -hmm. every, you know great, great writers write crappy mm -hmm. first drafts all the time. The difference is, Professional writers allow themselves to write crappy first drafts because they know they have the tools in their toolkit to revise it and fix it, fix it, and they know that they're going to take the time to do that. So don't get blocked off thinking you have to write a first draft that's really good. Just just open it up, let it flow, get it down on paper, because that's what I really love to do is, is just get that first draft done, and then I like playing with the copy and revising it and changing things and mm -hmm. just the right words. Have some fun with that. Mm -hmm. And and just so it's it's just it's what I call noodling, um, yeah. and just getting started. And there there are sometimes you know there are sometimes copy when uh, Casey when I've written something and it really it, it is good. I mean it, I really got I it, I got all the essence, but I did get that snap I was looking for. But it has never been a time when I have not gone back and looked at that really good copy I did and tweaked it and added a little bit more because it's had time to marinate on yeah. that. Um, and, and that's what I, I tell a lot of the authors I work with that when we're getting out the copy to start letting people know that this baby's coming, it doesn't have to be perfect because as the baby develops, you're going to change it anyway. The purpose is I just, we want to get something started here. So, you know, because you're going to go back and you can rechange it. I mean, it's it, until we go to actual hard print, you know, it's a work in progress. That's the way I look at it. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and a wonderful thing about 
book marketing copy is so much of it. Like I'm still in favor of, you know, old school stuff like postcards and sales sheets. I love so postcards. Yeah, so much of our marketing copy now is digital, like you know, our Amazon description, of course, our back cover copy um, isn't. But you know, you, you if you have a, a website for your book and you have a sales page, you can even after you put it out there and published it, you can go back and make little tweaks. And another way to make your copy really good with your marketing copy, I always tell people this, is to always before you call it final, read it out loud. Mm-hmm. Read it, and I don't mean just get your lips moving and read it silently. Read it out loud if your neighbor's here or the person in the other room, so what? But read it out loud, just like I'm talking out loud right now, because I guarantee you, if you read it out loud, that's when you might discover that you use the word develop 12 times or six times <laughs> or the word dynamic for number of times. You'll okay. discover by reading it out loud if you've used the same verb or descriptor or adjective a couple too many times because you'll hear, hear yourself saying that you realize, Oh, I just, I, yep. I used that line two lines ago. If you just read it, you may not notice that, but read your copy out loud and you'll get feedback that you don't get um, by just, you know, reading it quietly. Which will always make sense to that. And I, I actually just sent back, I called a client and I said, I'm going to be sending this back to you um, probably by Wednesday and I didn't go in and make all the fixes. I'm going to let you do it because you were used the word apparently 45 times <laughs> <laughs> in your book. And I need to have, I'm going to have you change some of that up. <clears throat> all right. With me is Casey Demchek. All of you go to his website. It's, it's D-E-M-C-H-A-K.com, CaseyDemchek.com, and get his information. It will save your book life and really propel your marketing in a whole new direction. Casey, thank you so much for being on Author You, your guide to book publishing. You are welcome, Judith. All right, everyone. Good publishing, good writing. We'll be with you next week. part of your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles each week a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take you the author to the next level you'll learn tips and secrets on how to create strategize develop publish and achieve book publishing success by making one very simple change in your book's journey how to avoid the publishing predators how to create an author and book platform that rocks. Learn how to make a living with your words and your books. Learn how to publish a book that has no regrets and so much more. For more information, check out authoru.org, where authors who want to be seriously successful go. And Judith's website, thebookshepherd.com. Then join us again here next week for more. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Brought to you by Author You and the Book Shepherd. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network.